The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us here on Thursday morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com, as well as sonsoflibertymedia.com. If you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, scroll down right there on the right side of the page, and we are streaming live. You can also catch that on Bradley's Twitter account at BradleyDean1, Periscope and Twitch at Setting Brushfires. Our Facebook page is Bradley Dean SOL, or YouTube channel, just look up Bradley Dean. And uh, beforeitsnews.com, you can catch us right there on the front page as well. Thank you to Michael Roach for that. And also DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. We're streaming there all across those platforms. If you'd like to um, help out The Sons of Liberty in any way, and uh, I know things are really tight for people, but if you'd like to help us out, you can do so by heading over to sonsoflibertymedia.com. And by the way, I forgot to bring that up uh, so that I can show everybody in the, view, in the viewing audience. Head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, and when you do, you will see that there is a donate button right here. Uh, again, we don't have our handout for money, but we do let you know we have needs that we have to take care of. So if you'd like to help us out and you're able to do so, just head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, click on the donate button, or become a son or daughter of liberty. There's a button also for that. You can set up for uh, monthly contributions if you'd like to do that for us. And then also some of you ask about the coffee mugs that we have, the T-shirts, and things like that. that are good conversation starters. Those can be found in our store as well at sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then while you're there, please sign up for our newsletter. You get one email a day. We don't rent it out. We don't spam you. Uh, we don't sell the list or anything like that. Everything you get from... The signing up here is just from us. It's one email a day. It tells you the articles that we put out for the day from me, from Bradley, and from the contributors that we have. And uh, if you'd like to do that, then please sign up for our email. Now, this morning, we've got a, uh, an interesting topic. I um, can't remember how long ago it was, a month or so ago, I had heard that uh, Ammon Bundy had some interactions with Black Lives Matter. 
And, of course, in God's providence, we had Captain Carl on, and Captain Carl had these connections, and I said, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have the Bundys on. I, I've spoken with, we had um, uh, Ammon's brother uh, Ryan on the other week. Uh, I had spoken with their father, I don't know, several months ago um, concerning some stuff that was going on. And he said, well, hey, would you like to have Ammon on? I said, I'd love to talk with Ammon because I'd heard this stuff about the Black Lives Matter, and a lot of people had really given him down the road and, uh, uh, you know, give him a hard time about it. And I said, well, this kind of sounds out of character for him to be involved with some of the stuff that was going on. So Captain Carl says, well, why don't you give him a call? I'll set that up. So we talked. We spoke the other day. And it was, uh, I think there was a, a kindred spirit over what's going on, what's good about I guess the get grassroots part of Black Lives Matter, the, the people who went out in protest, not the people who are committing crimes, uh, who are joined to the uh, the whole BLM.org or com or whatever it is, that kind of stuff, but, but just the normal people seeing that they had a legitimate right to protest and then being against those who are acting unlawfully and destroying property and hurting people and other things like that. And so with that, I said, well, why don't you come on the show? I want you to tell your side of the story. And then out of that grew this con- this concern that we both have over, for lack of a better term, the balkanization of Americans. And so I want to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, Ammon Bundy. Good morning, man. Morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to have you. And uh, we're kind of pulling it at the last minute, but I'm glad you were able to join us and uh, and we're able to have you on this morning. And, uh, you know, Ammon, for people who don't know who you are, which I don't know anybody because you, the story that happened at Bundy Ranch and then what happened in Oregon uh, that you and your brother and, and your, your dad and obviously in, uh, in Nevada and other people, other Americans came together to stand against federal tyranny. Uh, I don't know how many people don't know that, but uh, basically your family was targeted in Nevada and over uh, several things. Uh, I, we, we found out the BLM was after your water rights um, the, then you had the issue with the land. They were killing cattle that you guys had. They had their guns trained on your family. Uh, I think your father was fearing for his life. So he called, you know, he put out a, a call for help to other Americans to come and help. And, um, you staved off the, the feds in Nevada. And then you guys went up to take a stand with other ranchers up in Oregon and come to find out as your brother was, um, and, and Captain Carl has made mention of, when you took that stand, you you thought, well, we're just we're standing here for other ranchers, and then you start uncovering all this stuff up in Oregon that became this, I don't know, international crime and a, and a really treason here in the U.S. with uranium ore and stuff like that. So take a few minutes and just kind of I'm I'm briefly hitting it, but if there's something I've left out or or you want to hit on there to help people understand just just who you are as an American, uh, take time and do that right now. Well, first of all, I'm, you know, I'm just a father, a husband, um, a son. Uh, my, my father, um, I'm the third son of Clive and Bundy. I, my family is a ranching family. We've been re- ranching for uh, five generations. Uh, my dad, uh, I grew up in the same ranch house home as my father. Um, I bet my father's now 74 years old. My family's been uh, on that ranch for 145 years now. And uh, ultimately what happened was is the federal government came and said that uh, 
that that ranch belonged to them after 140 you know, at the time, you know, 140, 38 years or so, because it was about six years ago that this happened. And, uh, you know, it was a long legal battle before then. Um, but my dad ultimately said, no, you know, this, it's clearly mine. These, you know, water rights, the grazing rights are clearly mine. They're deeded with the state of Nevada, uh, but they didn't care. You know, they just like a bully, um, they didn't care. The federal courts were acting like bullies. They were completely disregarding the law, completely disregarding the Constitution, and ultimately just taking what they wanted to take because there was a lot of wealth and they had some, you know, a bunch of environmental reasons uh, that they wanted to use it for. So my dad made a stand. Um, uh, of course, a lot of people know the story. Uh, they sent 213 armed agents surrounded our ranch, threatened us with our lives if we resisted in any way. And Ultimately, we stood as a family, uh, you know, and then when they began to kill our cattle, destroy our water rights, uh, lock us off our land, we called out to the American people and people responded from all over the country and ultimately literally drove off the federal agents and they have never returned to the ranch since then. But then two years later, we became aware of a ranching family up in Oregon that basically the same thing was happening to them. And in fact, they had suffered some even more atrocities than even we have. And we felt where much was given, much was expected. So we went up there to help them. And um, what we uncovered, like you said, was was just a tremendous amount of corruption, um, just where they have just they had destroyed the entire economy of of those people in that county um, by taking over land and resources and destroying basically the lifeblood of of what they lived off up there and so we tried to expose that um, and ultimately they killed a fellow rancher of ours uh, who ranches in Arizona uh, right next to us and uh, they shot him in the back three times with his hands in the air. And then they took us to prison and tried to prosecute us for uh, crimes that we had never committed. Uh, we suffered in prison for two years under terrible circumstances because they were trying to break us. So we would take a plea because they knew we weren't guilty. Ultimately, we didn't yield to any of that intimidation and coercion. But, you know, like myself, I spent nearly half of the half of the time in in prison which was up to, which was two years um in solitary confinement uh you know i was you know i and not me alone but we were you know beaten several times we were stripped multiple times uh force stripped uh i was you know thrown in solitary confinement for months and months on end um all of this is a tactic to try to get us to break never once were we were able to um, have any physical contact with our wives or children. Uh, most of the contact we had was either through the phone or through a video camera that they would basically a poor, you know, video camera that, that never once was ever to hold or to console or to have any physical contact with our family for two years. Anyway, that's kind of the backstory. Uh, we don't consider ourselves victims because we believe that we were standing for what was right. Um, and 
we believe that we have to continue to stand for our rights. We could have avoided it all and just gave up our ranch, could have not helped our fa- our friends or at least fellow ranchers in, in Oregon. Um, and that's kind of the backstory. So then when I, after I get out of prison, I come home and I really just want to be left alone. I want to, you know, just want to be with my family and want the world to just go away. And then I start to see these patterns that we saw in prison, that we saw, you know, at the ranch and we saw in Oregon. I see these patterns starting to come up on all the American people, uh, especially in this year of 2020. And so, you know, we've had to stand and uh, unite people with, you know, this group, I guess, if you want to call us, called People's Rights. And so that's what I've been doing mostly lately. Okay. Yeah, I um, you know, I think it was in 2016 or 2017, I forget which year that was. Um I had uh, went out to the Southern Nevada Detention Center. I think that's where you were also being held. And uh I had visited Pete Santilli. And I found it amazing here were people who had not been convicted of a crime and that you guys were held in this facility that what do I say? It looked like Images that you would see out of Nazi Germany, I mean, what, 20 feet high of razor wire just on top of razor wire and then spread out and then several ways to get in. And then when you got in, you didn't even get to see somebody necessarily behind a piece of plexiglass. You watched them on a monitor from a remote location. Uh, it's it, it was just incredible. And yet, you know, you guys ended up prevailing in Oregon. You were acquitted there. And then in Nevada... They basically let it go. Uh, what was the issue? They they dismissed the case with malice. Was that it? Because of the violations against you guys, keep withholding exculpatory evidence. That was the federal government doing that because they so wanted to silence you guys and put you in a cage for the rest of your life where nobody ever heard from you again. Am I correct on that? Is that what they were doing? Yeah. So they uh, ended up. What happened was is in the Nevada or in Oregon, we were acquitted by a jury. Um, all, all charges were acquitted on, you know, all the defense in our, our defendants in our trial. We go down to Nevada. Uh, we, we still weren't released, even though we were acquitted in Oregon. We had to go now to Nevada, face charges down there. By the way, the total amount of charges that we were facing, a minimum, if we were convicted, would at minimum have uh, put us in prison for 106 years. Um, anyway, so we go down to Nevada and we begin to fight there and we're down there for over a year before we even get to a trial. We finally get to trial. We begin to, you know, expose the corruption and the atrocities that they have done to our family and the cover up. And ultimately what happened is, is and we also began to expose the, the actions of the courts. And what ultimately happened is the the judge, the court, had to decide whether they were the ones going to go take take the blame or was the bureaucrats, the U.S. attorneys, and the Bureau of Land Management going to be the one to take the blame. And the court decided that they weren't going to take the blame, that they were going to, you know, get out of this. And so they literally uh, had to expose what was happening and uh, dismissed our case with prejudice. Uh, and then... The uh, U.S. Attorney's uh, Bureau of Land Management appealed the case, went to the Ninth Circuit, and the Ninth Circuit unanimously threw our case out uh, with prejudice means they can't bring it up again because of the gross, uh, you know, abuse and uh, 
and a prosecutorial misconduct and all the things that they did to us. Okay. All right. Now, there's something else that's going on now, though. Uh, you At the end of November, I had this uh, out of East Idaho, and uh, it says that uh, you spoke on your behalf at a virtual court hearing on Tuesday. This was near the end of uh, November, uh, related to, quote-unquote, a trespassing arrest at the Idaho Capitol in August. Do you, do you want to speak to that just momentarily before we get into all this, this BLM stuff that we're going to talk about? Sure. So um, ultimately what's happening here and what's happening in the other states, and many people don't realize it, uh, hopefully your audience does or, you know, or maybe they don't, but what's happened is, is, and this has been a unity of governors across the United States have done the same thing. Uh, and our governor here in Idaho, in order to, um, to receive the federal fundings, of uh, the coronavirus federal fundings, uh, they had to put the state, uh, the state of Idaho in a state of emergency. Um, and in fact, Governor Little put the state of Idaho in emergency status on March 13th, which was the exact same date that President Trump announced the $50 billion would be released to states that were in emergency status. Well, we only had one reported case, this is from the state, one reported coronavirus case at that time, yet our governor still put us in emergency status. It, so it wasn't for a coronavirus. He did it so that he can qualify for the money. And then uh, a few days later on March 25th, he put us in extreme state of emergency. And again, that's the same day that tr uh, Trump and Pelosi announced $2 trillion would be released to states that were in extreme state of emergency. The state of Idaho has now received almost uh, $9 billion worth of relief funds. And, and we have remained in that um, uh, state of emergency by the governor under his orders the entire time since, since clear back in March. So we're moving on to, you know, nine months now. Now, the thing about that is, is, by Idaho law, 46601, it puts us in martial uh, law. And I'm not exaggerating that. That actually is what it is. It's, it's martial law. It's under the martial law code. The extreme state of emergency is under the martial law code. And so he has become, for nine months now, a, a you know, and I'm not trying to use uh, words to exaggerate. He's become a dictator or a monarch. And then he's received billions of billions of funds from the federal government to basically to pass out and do whatever he wants to do. And he's spending these uh, funds without legislative oversight. He's been, because he's saying he now is, it's in martial law. He's saying that he can make any basically orders he wants. He has suspended over 127 legislative laws in the state of Idaho, including our open meeting laws, including uh, our parental rights laws, uh, when a, when the state takes uh, a child, uh, there's terrible things that he's done in the state of Nevada or Idaho, excuse me. Um, so kind of get back down to sort of what happened was, is the, the Idaho law says that when you're put in a state of emergency, the governor can only hold that uh, state of emergency for 30 days yep. and then he can extend it for another 60 days. Um, and then, then after that, it's supposed to end. And if he doesn't end, then the legislatures are supposed to convene on the 90th day of the order. 
Well, that didn't happen. We get we got about uh, 15 of the legislatures to come to the Capitol building and all the rest of them just boycotted it. So they completely broke the law. And then a month later, the governor decides that he's going to convene the legislatures, but not to discuss the order, but to discuss immunity. Uh, he wanted to pass an emergency immunity bill uh, so that he and his uh, basically bureaucratic, you know, basically the, the state bureaucrats would not be legally accountable for any of his actions um, when it comes to when it comes to uh, COVID-19. Well, anyway, they they uh, they had the session and we show up, you know, there's about three, three, four hundred people show up to participate in the legislative session because we were concerned about what was happening. And they try to keep us out of the Capitol building. They wouldn't let us into the on the House floor. They literally locked the doors, put police on the doors and wouldn't allow us in. So, you know, there's hundreds of people that are very upset. They know what's going on on the other side of the doors. They're not happy about, you know, all the lockdowns, the restrictions of church, the business being shut down, you know, all of those things. And so we, we physically pushed our way into the house floor and ultimately they yielded and we participate in the special legislative session. Well, the next day, which the session went on for several days, the next day, they, we, I'm basically setting in what's called the Lincoln Auditorium, and the officers uh, come in and trespass me. They trespass me right on the, you know, right in the Capitol building. I was being peaceful, wasn't causing any. They, we were, uh, Whoops, sorry about that. Go, go ahead. No, go ahead. No. Um, well, okay, so <laughs> this is the amazing thing. This is in America. That the representatives are scared of the people. They're so scared. They've even got the media on their side. Not that they haven't been on their side before. This is one of the things, uh, Ammon, that they, they... Let me give two stories here. This is from Raw Story. Now, they're not <clears throat> any kind of concern. Anti-masker. And and look, people who've listened to this show, Ammon, just so you know, uh, we're on your side with this. We, we quoted the New England Journal of Medicine that said... Masks provide little, if any, protection outside a surgical room, um, if they're even doing it there. Uh, preparing for another armed confrontation with the government. And then we have uh, this one coming out. Everybody wants to give me their, their stuff here. Uh, this one coming out out of KTVB, Bundy Group, People's Rights Trained to Defend from Government Force. Well, of course, this. what's amazing to me is... Our Second Amendment is written in such a fashion. It, it, I mean, it talks about a well-regulated militia being necessary for the security of a, of a free state, or to secure a free state. It is not government's role to do that. It is ours to provide our own security, our own safety, as it will. It is the people's uh, right and their duty to do that. And yet, uh, when you guys go to address your representatives, not your leaders, but those who serve you, they're telling you, no, 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 we don't want to hear from you guys. We're going to lock the doors. We're going to bar you. And then what happens after that? I mean, because there's evidently something else that's going on behind there, more intimidation against you, and I'm assuming against other people that you're you're there with. Yeah. Well, and, and it isn't just me, but they did target, target me and trespass me. And literally now, 
you know, I'm going through the, uh, let, uh, you know, the litigation of that, but I, I can't go to the Capitol building and participate in any of the, you know, legislative processes. I, I actually will be arrested. Anyway, and now, and they're also keeping us out of like all the health district uh, board meetings, all the school board meetings, all the city council meetings. They're, all of those are locked down and they're just doing them by Zoom and they won't let people participate. Basically, they have shut the people down completely in representative government. And so you ask the question, well, what are people to do? And uh, I mean, that's the question we've been asking. But I'm I'm not naive to the reason why the founders warned us so clearly about a standing army. And I also am not naive about where the power truly comes from, and that's from the people. So we've been organizing, you know, families right here in Idaho to uh, be able to defend themselves. Yeah, and um, I'm the same way. I I think along the same terms. Okay, so they're still coming after you, and I want to get to this issue. So I want people to understand Whatever happened to you at Bundy Ranch, whatever happened to you in Oregon, <clears throat> those are things in your history. But you're still taking a stand against tyranny today. You're still in the midst of that stand. They're, they're, they're trespassing you. They're, they're saying that you're trespassing on property that you help pay for. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that's a, it's absolutely incredible. You're doing that, but also before this, you were asked by some Black Lives Matter people, some local people in your area, if you would march with them. And I got wind of it. Some people said that, and I said, well, this seems, that seems out of character with the guy that you know I was reporting on uh, years ago and the people that, I, that I, I'm friends with that knew you. I said, this just seems out of character, but I didn't get to follow up with it. So when, I, when we spoke the other night... You kind of conveyed to me what had went on. And so what I want to do is I want to let people know you are still in a fight against tyranny there in Idaho. And at the same time, you're, you're approached by this Black Lives Matter group. And can you tell people kind of what led up to that, what the conversations were like, and what you ended up finding out about them and why you chose to kind of uh, keep your distance there? Yeah, so... Uh, you know, what happened was, is we started this, uh, started people's rights. Um, and we were growing pretty rapidly here in Idaho. We've been growing pretty rapidly across the country. Um, and in one of the Facebook forums that we had, we've been now purged off of Facebook completely, YouTube, all of that. They won't even allow people's rights to be in any of the script when it comes to Facebook. But so that's all done, but um, we still have, you know, our own software that we communicate with. But anyway, this uh, this guy from BLM reached out and said, hey, if you guys are uh, for standing for people's rights, then you should stand for us. When are you going to stand for us? And what was happening is they were protesting downtown Boise and different other places, and quote unquote patriots were getting together and like uh you know not just standing back and watching them protest and making sure that they weren't going to do something that was you know destroying property or whatever but they were actually engaging with them and you know there was cases where they were uh spitting on them there was a couple cases where they were actually 
confrontation and being violent with them, hitting them and stuff like that. And uh, they, so the Black Lives Matter uh, people were like, or, or one person, I should say, not, not really even a leader, but part of them said, when are you going to stand for us? And so I became aware of it and I began to talk to this individual and he gave me, you know, details of what was happening. And they were getting ready to have a uh, defund the police rally. And I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll go to that rally and I'll watch what, what ha- what's happening. I go, I will hold my own sign up that says that we should defund unconstitutional police. Uh, and I was going to sh- hold a sign up of LaVoy Finicum, my, uh, my friend and fellow rancher. Uh, I was going to hold a sign up of him and, uh, you know, basically seeking justice for him. And uh, basically kind of witness and even maybe stand between the quote-unquote patriots and the Black Lives Matter people and defend the right of the Black Lives Matter people to protest. Um, that's what I was planning on doing. And what happened was, as I announced that, uh, just in one of the meetings we had, and the, the media grabbed it. And then, of course, the media, you know, all they want to do is now kind of justify themselves. They want to say, well, look, Ammon Bundy is going to participate in a Black Lives Matter. So now, it, you know, all patriots should have to do that and yada, yada, yada. And then, of course, the patriots get on, you know, get on the, the band. They start to say that I'm joining Black Lives Matter, that I've become turned into a communist, a socialist, that I've abandoned all my principles uh, because of this. And that's just kind of how it started. Yeah. And, and it is, it is uh, something that we talked about the other night. It is, it was, is a balkanization. It gets people, they, they put out a story. They don't give all the facts on it. And look, folks, I'll I'll tell you, as somebody who, has to cover news every day. Sometimes you don't know all the facts. I mean, you just don't know them. You you present whatever you have. But the fact of the matter is, the media is often like that. They'll bend it towards whatever their whatever agenda they're pushing, uh, and then that gets out to other people who only get part of the story, or they're they're seeing what's there. They're taking from the media. They say they don't believe, and then they start uh, turning you, a person who's you know, your your you and your family's lives really were in danger. You've spent time in jail for something you didn't do, and uh, instead of giving you the benefit of the doubt, you guys have a lot of people turn on you, right? Yeah, and you know, the media tries to pit us against each other, especially the patriots, and then you get these you know, patriots, and I hesitate saying that word, but that will only read a headline. Uh, and then, you know, l- literally like, you know, I have given my entire life for years and years and years, including being incarcerated in federal detention centers, you know, as an innocent man for two years, you know, I have done the best I could to communicate for years and years and years um, the principles of freedom and to educate people, you know, I've sacrificed my businesses, my family, you know, my, I don't know. I, I don't know what else I could have done. And then to have people turn against me just because of a headline that's not even accurate, um, just shows the integrity of the Patriot community, um, in general. And, and I, 
you know, realized at that time that, uh, you know, that in some cases I felt uh, pretty alone. And uh, now we've got through that and more and more people are starting to realize what is happening. And many, many people across the country have apologized and have, you know, come to understand that, you know, we have to stand for all people's rights, not just people we just, that we agree with. That's right. We have to stand for all people's rights. And I will stand for all people's rights. And I'm asking for the patriots across this country to do the same and, and to think about a little bit, to base their actions and their opinions and their thoughts and everything else upon true, correct principles. Yeah, and the law. The, the law is the issue. And this this is, I, I told you the other night, uh, I've told people on the air, and I've got a friend on Facebook, uh, a Muslim friend, and, and I, I've said, look, uh, you and I would probably have theological differences. I'm definitely going to have it with, with those of Islam, and, and, all kind, and I'm going to have different views from other people. But when it comes to the law... The law is the law is not looking at any of that stuff. It's saying here is what's right and here's what's wrong. And when we see injustices, I can tell you as as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are to stand upon the law of God. And the law of God, Jesus rebuked the religious hypocrites because they didn't they they focused on, you know, tithing little seeds and stuff like this. But he says, wait a minute, you're forgetting the weightier things of justice and mercy. And this is why we're in the situation we're in. We're showing more mercy to criminals than we do their victims. We don't bring real justice. We bring a socialized form of that and in the form of a, of a prison cage uh, in which we make victims pay for their for those who have committed crimes against them or families if the victim is not around, if they're dead. We're making their families pay to keep those people up instead of bringing real justice. All of this is a real problem in our country, and I think this is part of the problem I have with what I see coming out of the White House, too, is there's a lot of talk about bringing justice, but when it comes to showing us the money on that, they they don't do it. So these guys approach you. They want you to come in. They want you to stand with them. What ends up happening out of that? Do you you end up going to the rally hearing, hearing what they say? Um, what's, what transpires between you guys? So ultimately this individual connects me with the black lives matter leadership in Boise and they did invite me. Um, you know, there was some, it's very interesting, you know, conversation communication with them. And then ultimately, I guess the black lives matter, you know, national black lives matter, uh, individuals, found out about it and there ended up being this like this confrontation within the Black Lives Matter organization between the local Black Lives Matter, Boise, and uh, uh, hopefully you're still there, um, the local yep. Black Lives Matter, Boise, and um, my computer did something real quick. Hang on, so let me see if I can get you back. I apologize. Anyway, I, I think we're okay. But um and there had been this confrontation between them and like even a falling out over it. Um, and the local Black Lives Matter were like, you know, we think it's a good thing. We think that we can, you know, agree on some common things that uh, that uh, Ammon Bundy and, and people's rights, uh, you know, agree upon and what we agree upon. And maybe it could be a good thing going forward. And, and the, the way I understand it is the national... Uh, Black Lives Matter, where it was like, absolutely, you know, not. So there ended up being kind of this falling out. 
And ultimately, I was still invited to come, and I was planning on coming. And then we, the, they ended up kind of using the excuse of, well, well you're not going to wear a mask. And so, therefore, you could be uh, threatening to everybody, you know, in the, uh, you know, in the in the crowd in the protest. And so, you would have to. You can come, but you would have to, uh, you know, protest somewhere else, uh, kind of off the side. And I ended up deciding not to not to go. I wasn't going to, you know, use that as an excuse. I think ultimately what happened is the national Black Lives Matter prevailed, and then they just found the excuse that they knew would make it so I wouldn't want to come. And, you know, I was only doing it for them anyway. I wasn't doing it for myself. I mean, I do believe that unconstitutional police need to be uh, defunded. I do believe yep, that. I absolutely. do believe that they're standing armies that, you know, the, the founders warned us of a standing army. And I do believe that they are our, most of our police forces today. Uh, I believe that that needs to be exposed but it just wasn't done under the right, the right way. And so I ended up withdrawing and did not even go. Yeah, you're right to point that out about the standing armies. I mean, most people don't even understand, like in New York itself, I think there's like tens of thousands of cops who are part of the, the counterterrorism group, just police force. I think New York, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, years ago when I noticed, they were like the seventh, they could be considered the seventh largest army or the tent, something like that. They were, there's a large number of those guys who are, who are policemen and, um, and it could be considered that way. Uh, <clears throat> so you want to stand with them. There was problems within at the national level and the local level. And basically they said, because you won't wear the, the shame muzzle, the, the slave, uh, face diaper, uh, that doesn't do anything. I, I love the, uh, if you haven't seen the video of the, the guy in the, in the supermarket and the guy goes, well, why don't you have your mask on? He goes, well, I got this little rock here. And the guy goes, well, what's that supposed to do? He says, same thing as your face mask does. Uh, <laughs> it, it does nothing to protect. I, I think that's great. What You have that going on, and we got a call coming in here. I think you're going to like this. Um, this is our friend, Captain Carl. And uh, good morning, Carl. Hey, good morning, guys. Good to hear from you. Hi, Ammon. Good morning to hey, you. How are you doing? Good. All right. All what, right. What's your comment? Um I just wanted to tell you that I uh, will always support you. You know, you're working for the holy cause of freedom and liberty and trying to educate the people uh, because we the people, uh, it's my belief, according to the uh, preamble of the Constitution, we are the rulers and the leaders over all of our governments, uh, and we ordained and established our laws, which are the Constitution and Bill of Rights, to secure, the, to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. And that's what you're always working for. So I have reason to believe that not only I, but tens of thousands of people support you and are behind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's always going to be negative. I get some negative, too, as, as well as you do. And uh, so I wanted to let you know you have that support. Well, thank you. Thank you. You've been a great friend. and. Uh, a great friend to all of us, our family, and anyway, we love you. And you know, I I I do have to at the you know, even though at the time it felt like I was alone, and it wasn't about me really. You know, it's never been about one person or individual, but I just end up kind of being the the uh, point of the spear there. But I have learned that uh, we're we are not alone. That there are 
you know, I believe hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of patriots out there that really understand the truth of and true principles. Um, it's just those that don't can be so vocal and so, uh, you know, um, uh, terrible about it. And then, of course, the media wants to uh, wants us to destroy each other, wants us to begin to fight amongst each other. They do not want us to unite. So thank you, Carl. So Soda, you're welcome. You're welcome, Ammon. Uh, but also, so does the deep state. Uh, with the deep state, the definition of the deep state, and this is critical to get out to all the people, are all of the agencies and bureaus that are explicitly prohibited from even existing in the first place pursuant to Tenth Amendment law and order. And those are the enemies. It, it also involves pro- approximately Six million jobs that aren't even supposed to exist. So they use the IRS, another deep state uh, faction, uh, you know, unless they're just going over corporate taxes, which are legal. But income taxes are not legal because the Republicans and the Democrats are only allowed to spend money on things that are enumerated under Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution. Okay. Uh, Corporate taxes are legal, and that's what's paid for our U.S. military you know, since the day the Constitution has been signed, and it always has provided for that every single dollar and then some. Uh, there's no need for the American people. The only reason that the U.S. government has to tax the American people is to specifically violate the Tenth Amendment law. That's the only purpose for income taxes. All other things are paid for by various means. Um, but anyways, what I wanted to do, and that brings us me to the, to the fact that the deep state is trying to conquer and divide us, us patriots, our, us Americans, uh, who are all part of the American Militia Freedom Forces of the Second Amendment law, who operate under Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15 of the Constitution to execute the laws of the Union, suppress, and I'll throw these two words in there, deep state insurrections, and, uh, of course, repel foreign illegal alien invasions. But anyways, that's, that's Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15 of the Constitution. But anyways, what I'd like to have you talk about is the excellent organization that you helped to found, which is the People's Rights Organization. And I'd like to have you relate that to Ken, you know, basically getting swatted. I call it, you know, he was swatted uh, out of his home and they took his home away. And, and what's all going on with that and how People's Rights Organization can help that. And not just in Idaho and, and uh, Utah, but all over the country. Can, can you tell us about all that and how you, you know, how we're, we the people are getting united to the organization that you helped to fund? Yeah. So uh, at the Bundy Ranch, we, I, the Lord showed us a pattern and I, you know, I've talked about this many times. Um, uh, this is probably a, you know, audience that I could speak to, but, when we were at the Bundy Ranch and surrounded by, you know, hundreds of federal agents and helicopters and M-ramps and all of that, you know, we're at the very beginning of it, it was mostly just my family. And, you know, we were feeling like, you know, there was just no way that we could prevail. There's no way at all. And I remember, you know, Monday night um, of that week, uh, that evening, kneeling down and praying uh, you know, before I went to bed and really giving my heart out to, you know, to, to prayer and to asking the Lord of what, 
what he was going to do here. It wasn't what I was supposed to do. It wasn't any of that. It was what what he was going to do here. I wanted to understand what was happening. I needed to understand and have clarity of what was about to happen. And, you know, after, you know, deep prayer and, you know, giving completely up, giving myself completely up into prayer, I began to understand certain things. And one of those is the Lord shared with me that he was going to protect my family. And that was a great relief. Two, I began to understand that a lot of people were going to come to the ranch, um, which at that time, you know, there wasn't very many people, just, just, just most of my family and some friends and some close relatives um, that were kind of coming during the day. Um, and then uh, and my dad also began to understand that, too, because uh, he went to Las Vegas in one of the horse traders and loaded it clear full of bottled water. And everybody was wondering what the heck my dad was doing. Anyway, so I think he clearly understood also. Uh, I think the Lord was sharing him, sharing with him the same things. And then the last, and this is the most important, according to this conversation that I began to understand, it was very clear. He shared with me that. There, that he was going to show us a pattern that we must follow as the as 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 people in order to be free. He was going to show us a pattern that we must follow as a people in order to be free. And I didn't know what that pattern was. I had no idea. I mean, this was at the beginning of the week. It went, you know, this confrontation, this siege of our ranch went on for you know, seven days from the time that they started their operation to the time that the people drove them off the land. And so uh, I didn't understand what this pattern was, but I do now because I've seen it. I saw it. I experienced it. And that pattern was, was when one person says no, and you know, they won't, you won't let their rights be infringed. They're going to stand for the rights. Then other people need to stand around them and say no with them and defend them. Yeah, that amen. is the pattern. Yeah. That's what happened at the ranch. Well, that's that's where there's that's where there's strength in numbers there, Amen. And that's what we encourage. Uh, Eric was making a comment in the chat. He was talking about, you know, we made mention of the police. He said, whenever you see somebody stop doing something, film it, you may be saving somebody's life. It's, it's coming to the, it, it's really a, a form of loving your neighbor. Uh, as we're instructed to do in the scriptures, the greatest of the commandments is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like that. We're to love our neighbors as ourselves. And when we see our neighbors being treated unjustly, no matter what their skin color is, no matter where they're from, no matter what differences we have in their worldview, when we see them treated unjustly and we let that go, we're basically accomplices to the tyrants who are doing it to them. We're not showing them love. We're actually showing them hate and we're showing us a sinful kind of uh, selfishness to ourselves that we don't want to get our hands dirty. We don't. Be, we when when Jesus spoke about the good Samaritan, you know, he used the guys who were the religious guys, the Levite and such. To, that oh, I don't want to get my hands dirty with uh, with a guy who's one of my own countrymen. But here comes a guy who is you know perceived as the enemy, a Samaritan, and he comes and he has compassion on the perceived cultural enemy. And he binds up his wounds. He uses all his stuff, his stuff to take care of the the harm, the man who's been harmed, and he even takes him to an inn and pays for him to be taken care of. This is what real love is about. It's not about, hey man, I, you know the Budweiser, I love you kind of man. 
you know, stuff. It's it's actually doing stuff that that demonstrates our love for our fellow man. Um, so I think that's great. Carl, did that answer your question? Because I want to get on to something else before the show ends. Well, I just wanted to get into uh, people's rights organization a little bit more and how and and Ken, you know, Ken and Barbie, how their home was taken and how people's rights can help the American people to save like their their lives, their liberty and property by okay. using the people's rights. So let me just wrap that up a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So ultimately what we and we have organized is a, is a, a communication called people's rights where people can join this uh, wherever they're at by texting rights to eight zero one two three or going to peoplesrights.org. They can join it. And then they identify the area that they live in and they get connected to the, their neighbors in that area. And uh, there's a way that uh, that happens. It's a, it's a way that your information doesn't just get blasted out to all the other people. Um, but, and then if there's any time when you need to help defending your rights, you can call out to that organization and they can be activated. Or if someone in your area is needing help, then there's a call out to, to, um, to come and help, uh, along with several other things. There's a physical defense, legal defense, and political defense is kind of what we're focusing on. And it has been working. It's been working all over the country. Just one example is uh, in Washington, we had a young couple that went in to have a baby, first time uh, parents. They get in there, uh, they're given the COVID test. It was negative. Right before delivery, they give they take another test. It was positive. They didn't tell the the, the mother and the father. They allow the baby to be uh, you know um, delivered, and then they take the baby away from the mother and father with the excuse that the the mother is positive. And they say that they're going to discharge the the mother and the father, or discharge the mother. That they have to go home for 14 days, then get another test. If it is negative, then they have to wait another 10 days and then they can come pick up their baby. Well, people's rights was activated. That said, you know, that we, you know, completely inappropriate, a terrible situation. I don't need to explain that. We begin to activate the people in, in the local area. The local people begin to activate themselves using the people's rights network. Uh, we began to send hundreds of calls to the hospital. Uh, we hundreds of people started to go down to the hospital and thousands were actually coming and the hospital could see what was happening. They both basically made a public statement, blaming it on the the Washington department of uh, disease control saying it was them that was causing the problem. They released the baby to the parents and they went home. And that's all because the people stood up too. That's all because the people stood up. It wasn't, had these people been left alone, left on their own, that outcome wouldn't have been like that, would it, Hammond? No, they wouldn't have known what to do. They would have just had to gone through, you know, you know, maybe a pill process, get an attorney, you know, all of that. That that would take months and months and months before they ever, you know. And there was no promise even after the the twenty four, twenty five days. There wasn't even no promise at that point that they were going to get their baby back. This is the most baby's life he needs their mother the mother i mean imagine what the mother and the father was feeling i mean just terrible circumstance where the state thinks it could take a new a baby and ultimately what it comes down to and this is what we're standing against 
with all these things. The state believes that they have a right to control our lives, to control our children, to control our bodies, control our businesses, control our homes. They believe they have a right to rule us. And we have to answer clearly that they do, they do not have that right. And the only way to do that is not comply and then neighbors joining together to make sure that that noncompliance is defended so that we can rule ourselves. Well, let's let's address something. And Carl, I'm gonna have to let you go because I got to cut off the phone line uh, for the next show host, and I want to get to this other. And Ammon, I don't know if you can stay a little longer. Carl, thank you for calling, man. We appreciate you. You're welcome. Have okay. a great day, guys. You too, man. Uh, Ammon, you, one of the one of the things I want to ask you is, and I don't know, can you hold over just a few minutes after the show? Sure, that'd be fine. Okay, all right, and we'll we'll carry over. So you guys listening by Red State Talk Radio, when the show ends in about two minutes. If you want to join us on Facebook or DLive or whatever else we're on over here, YouTube, uh, any of that, uh, please do so. Uh, because I think what I want to hit next is something that's very important for people in the quote-unquote patriot movement. And I don't, I don't even like using the term either because a lot of times that, that puts on a lot of assumptions with people just because they might attend a rally that somehow they're patriots. And <clears throat> folks, um, joining the cult and I use cult with a Q, uh, joining the cult of personality does not make you a patriot. Getting behind a political jersey doesn't make you a patriot. Standing for the law and for justice makes you a patriot, even when it costs you. Uh, That makes you a patriot. And so, you know, Ammon, before we close out, uh, Carl had made mention of this uh, organization you're starting, and and this this is what's amazing, folks. This is... This is from the SPLC, right? The all-American, you know, this would be what they, they would self-proclaim themselves as patriots. They're, they're anything but. Uh, they're saying that you're starting this. They call you an anti-government extremist. I know that's not true. I know you believe in good government. Uh, and, uh, you know, they talk about armed standoffs. Okay, the, apparently they haven't read the Second Amendment. Um, and you're starting this in order to stand up for the people against the tyrants. The SPLC is on the side of the tyrants. And so if you would, is there a way people can get involved in this, uh, people's rights? Do you guys got a website or something they do? You got about 30 seconds to let people know on the radio. Yeah. So you you can text rights to eight zero one two three, and then you just, you can join that way. Um, or you can go to peoplesrights.org and go there and check it out and we'll join that we are a highly you know organized uh, you know we've built our own software have our own servers we have a full communication network with that's within our control that isn't can't be downed by uh, another media platform peoplesrights.org or text rights to 80123 we've got over you know around 42,000 people that have joined we're in 34 states so we're growing strong. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Peoplesrights.org. We'll have that linked in the archive show later. Hang with us, folks. We're going to have just a few more minutes here with Ammon Bundy. And in 23 hours, we'll see you. Okay, want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio to the video platforms. And uh, thank you, Ammon, for hanging on with us a little bit more. I, I wanted to, uh, always with Captain Carl, we can have... Uh, endless discussions, and he's full of knowledge, and I, I really appreciate the fact that uh, in God's providence we've gotten to be friends. Uh, he brings a lot because it's not just talk for him. It is a doing, and we talk about making talk radio into do radio. And uh, so one of the things I want to get on, and I think Carl 
had hit on some of it and you were hitting on it before he called in, <clears throat> this issue in the quote-unquote patriot movement. And uh, you and I had a little discussion about this too, this, this balkanization that's happening. It's not just um, with the people who are right-left paradigm people. It's happening within the people who, the, the, the structure of people who call themselves quote-unquote patriots. There are those who are getting behind the cult. There are those who are saying, well, wait a minute, um, <clears throat> I haven't seen the money here. I, I hear a lot of talk about bringing justice, about being against the deep state and stuff, and yet I see the deep state continuing to grow, and there's this divide there, too. And we all know the old phrase, divide and conquer. How are you seeing that play out now um, over, the past four, over the past four years, for instance, versus the divisions that were going on, oh, I don't know, before that with the usurper Barack Hussein Obama, Satoru Sabarka? Well, it's interesting because we have to make sure that we literally make our, you know, choices of action and, and you know, who we unite with and based upon correct principles. And, uh, and it doesn't matter who's the president, uh, you know, who's in, who's in Washington, D.C., or even who's in your local um, uh, representatives. It really doesn't matter. That, that does not matter. What matters is what is right. And so, you know, it, when Barack Obama was in office and as, as our president, you had a whole bunch of patriots, if you will. And again, I, I hesitate using that term as well. Um, but you have them who are basically all saying that the president is, is a wicked person and, and we all have to stand against him or all our rights are going to be taken away. And then... President Trump comes in and many of those individuals that, you know, act like, okay, that's all that, you know, we have to do. We're okay. So they just basically start to, uh, you know, not be active anymore um, and not to, you know, do anything anymore because they think that somehow we got a president in office and therefore all our rights are going to be taken care of. Um, and they're not really basic basing their, uh, you know, decisions or actions on correct principles because, uh, you know, President Trump has not been a constitutional president. You know, he hasn't been uh, someone who has understood his limits. Uh, and he also has caused many of the problems that we're facing right now when it comes to coronavirus because he has been responsible for releasing millions and trillions of dollars that have basically promoted and created this massive marketing campaign to promote corona, coronavirus, uh, COVID-19. Yep. Uh, not only that, you know, I'll give you one example. And I'm, I'm not trying to, because I've wanted terribly to drink the Trump Kool-Aid. But I have not been able to because Trump has not been constitutional. He has not been one who has stood for individual rights. He's been a nationalist, even on the verge and I hate to say this word, but even on the verge of, verge of fascism. Um, now, you know, if I get criticism for that, that's fine. That just means, really, I believe that the person who would criticize me for saying that just simply doesn't under, understand the Constitution, yep. doesn't understand principles of freedom. Well, I would go further. I would say he's not on the verge of fascism, 
the the whole COVID stimulus and several of the other things, the the 1.5 trillion that went out to Wall Street, that is fascism. It's not on the verge of it. It, it that's what it is. The the ties of public private partnership. We cover that um, in in our education deal when we deal with federal usurpation of of education on Wednesdays. We've we've pointed that out time and time, and and tr- and, and it's not to pick on Trump. It's been people for decades before him in federal government who are doing this. But the the thing that gets me, Ammon, is, <clears throat> again, this goes back to people who, who self-proclaim themselves as patriots. Or they pr- – I don't <clears> – <throat> I don't particularly like even somebody referring to me as patriot. It's, look, I don't have to have the label. The thing is, are you standing for the law or are you not? Do you stand for the law when, when you're – when the guy who's in charge has your political jersey on and he's violating the law and you're willing to call him out? Because if you're not, you're not a patriot. You're a turncoat. That's what you are. And this is this is what we try to help people understand on, on the Sons of Liberty. If we don't do that, how in the world are we going to take our country back as a lot of the people in the, in the particular cult movement uh, are saying today, how do we take our country back if, first of all, we don't even know what the law says? Um, and I appreciate that Captain Carl always refers to that Tenth Amendment law. He doesn't just stop with Tenth Amendment. He says Tenth Amendment law, or as he was mentioning on the show earlier, the Second Amendment law. And I find that that has a certain punch to it. I'm going to pick that up and start using that because it's those are not just words. That they are the law. And they're to restrict the government, not to restrict us. And the things that you're talking about, whether they're uh, the issue of what's going on with with the police force or whether it was what happened to you and your family at Bundy Ranch, whether it was what happened in Oregon, whether what goes on day to day or whether it's this these national emergency declarations, which aren't constitutional. They're just there's no authority there in the Constitution for it, folks. And if you believe there is. Well, you can't call in, but article, section, and clause always throw this out to people. Don't quote to me unconstitutional laws that Congress is not allowed to write. Give me the Constitution as to where that authority comes from. And I never hear it. I never hear any of that, Ammon. What I hear is justification based off of pretended legislation that Congress has written that they don't have any authority to write in the first place. Now, how is it, from your perception... How is it that people who have the best of intentions, I, I again, <clears throat> I want people in the Q cult and and other people, uh, I've said even, you know, you've seen the, uh, the black militias who showed up in Georgia. I've said, look, I want all these people on my side. I don't want to be their enemies. I want to, I want Americans to be on the same side. I don't like hyphenated Americans. I, I don't like that kind of title. Either we're all Americans or we're not, and if we are, then let's stand together because the real enemy is not each other. It's the tyrants against us. And uh, But somehow we have a hard time getting everybody on the same page. What are some of the things that you're seeing that's taking place now? And I'm sure you probably saw it uh, in the past, but what are some of the things you're seeing now that's coming in this movement that, that deems itself the patriot movement? What are some of the things you're seeing there that's dividing the people, and, and where are they missing what it is that should be uniting them against the tyrants? Well, again, it's it's literally a misunderstanding of you know of who we are, and and I like to take it 
you know, it's not one step further, but I like to dig, you know, one layer, I guess. And that is, you know, not only even constitutionally, but the right of an individual, uh, you know, a natural law, if you will, nat- our natural rights. Um, you know, you have to answer to yourself whether a law is constitutional, first of all, and whether it is, you know, um, defending or protecting the natural rights of man, because that's ultimately what we're doing here. And that's ultimately what God has given us. God has made us free. He, this, you know, I believe that this life is a, a time, a probationary period for us to basically um, choose who we will, who we become, who we, who will we follow? Uh, what, you know, what we will, what will we do? And in order to do that, we have to be free. God did make us free. He made us agents unto ourselves to be able to choose between good and evil. And, and everything that the government, you know, the declaration says it, I think best that, that, uh, you know, all men are created equal and that they are endowed with, uh, unalienable rights and that basically the government was formed uh, by man in order to protect those rights, basically to protect the right to, to life, to protect the right, life, right to live free, to protect the right to, to pursue happiness, which includes property, holding, possessing and controlling property. That's what government is for. That's the whole reason why it is there. And government was just supposed to be a unity of people that have come together in the defense of those rights. And beyond that, government had no purpose or no reason. But we have gone way, the government has gone, not we, because I have not, I've never condoned it. I've never given my consent for the government to go further than what they were supposed to. But the those in who have been gone into government you know, the bureaucrats, the full-time government employees, they have gone way beyond that. And now they believe and, and really profess that they have the right to do things that has nothing to do with defending rights. Uh, and in fact, they begin to say that they have a right to, you know, take your property, to take your liberty, and to even take your life for no reason other than because you were not complying or being obedient to them. Uh, yep. So... Basically, it comes down to the division is just simply people not understanding truly where our rights come from and what has been put in place to protect them. I think that's I think that's exactly right. And a lot of people don't understand rights are not given to government. You were saying they they, they think they have the right. Government doesn't have rights. Individual people that's have right. rights. And those that's are to exactly be protected right. by government with delegated authority and they serve at the consent of those who are delegating that authority. And so this, I think here's the thing, Ammon, and I, and I appreciate what you guys are doing with the, with this people's rights thing, because you're bringing the people together to help them understand, look, it's the government that's infringing us. Or we're, we're, I don't think you or I are anti-government, whatever that means. Um, I think that means that when people put it out, that we're rebellious, um, antagonistic, militantistic kind of people. And I think it's like what you said earlier. I'm just a redneck out here in South Carolina, right? I just want to be left alone. I want to live my life 
And if I haven't violated any more, any of God's moral law, then leave me alone. Just leave me alone. There's no need for, for government to be involved in anything. They're not, they're not supposed to be holding my property uh, hostage and threatening me with a gun or a jail cell cage uh, because I bought a car and after I've done paid it off, they still want to tax that car or my house. If I pay that off, when I pay it off, <laughs> they, they want to keep taxing it. Uh, I never own anything that way. And, and so it is, it is this um, oppression of the people rather than allowing them to be free. And, um, and, and so it, it really is a problem. But if I can help people understand some of the division of how this comes about and maybe get you to speak to it, and then we'll try to wrap up the show. A lot of people are on the... Go ahead. Did you want to say something? No, I, I was going to... Well, no, uh, go into your thing. I, I thought you were wanting me to answer that. Uh, oh, go ahead. I'll, I'll wait a little bit. Yeah, no, go I'll ahead. Answer. Go ahead. Jump in there. So, so let, me, let me just give you, a, you know, an example. Um, you know, when, when... And I just use registration. And whatever your position is, whatever your understanding of vehicle registration, that's not what I'm trying to... You know, you, you can you can learn, you know, yourself, you know, whether you and make a decision yourself, whether you think that it is appropriate for the government to do what they're doing when it comes to registration. I just want to give you the history of registration, just a little bit to make a point. Registration, you know, came about during the horse and buggy days uh, when, when, and and the early days of the automobile, when there was mass amounts of, of those uh, same type of vehicles, if you will, that were being created. Um, there was kind of a uh, issue where if something was stolen, uh, there would be no way to identify it. So the state created a registry where you can take, uh, identify your vehicle, and then you can register that with the state. That, they're, they're, that way, uh, it never, if it got stolen or something happened, the state could assist you in, in recovering your property. Uh, and that ultimately ended, that was a good thing. That was all about, you know, protecting rights and about people uh, being able to, uh, the state being able to assist them in defending their rights, uh, their property. Well, then what happened is now it's evolved over and over to, you know, more now they start charging a fee for that, you know, and then they start increasing that fee and they start, well, now we need people to, be able to manage that in the government. So therefore we need to be able to take, you know, more, uh, take more uh, money and charge more for that fee to the point where it's, it's uh, in some States very expensive, the registration, but then they take it that much further. And then they began to say, now you're required to register your vehicle in order to drive on the roads. Now you're required. And if you don't, then we are going to basically take your property. We're going to take that property and we're going to hold it until you comply. Uh, and now that's, that's the level. So you could see that something that was there to protect people's rights, to help them assist, to, to uh, protect their property now is being used by the state to actually take their property. And that's just one little example of how government has gone too far. And I hope that that is a good example because there's many, you could talk about even, you know, your driver's license, you know, your, you know, the, all your uh, property taxes, all of those things are government taking it way too far, but originated for a correct reason. 
Okay. All right. <clears throat> All right. So I have, I'm going to throw this in. This is going to be a little off topic. Uh, on It's sort of on the topic that you were dealing with, with the mask issue and stuff like that, and the imposition of tyranny there in Idaho. By the way, have you heard of the um, uh, the lawsuit that's happening in Montana against the governor there for his unlawful edicts as well? I am. I have heard of that. Okay. That's actually, that's actually people that are are part of people's rights. They, yeah. Okay. Using- great. 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 I'm glad to hear that. Uh, Wes had some observations. Wes, I didn't see it. Sorry. I'm back and forth in between several things. So I don't see, although I look, I don't see everything. So, so Wes made some, some observations and had a uh, question. Uh, back in March and April, we were flooded with the news of refrigerated trailers being used to put bodies in. Number two, since the death rate supposedly exploded the past month, yet no more talk of trailers being filled, and I question whether they're being filled anyway. I mean, where's all the funerals going on for this? I don't know. What are we at? They're telling us 300,000 people dying of convid. Um, I, I just, I don't see it. He said, I'd like to know with all of the people administering convid tests, and he says COVID, but I'm, I'm, it's a con, um, and one is positive, why is the person performing the test not quarantined for 14 days? Well, that's just you being logical, Wes. I mean, th- there's... There's no answer for that, bro. I mean, it, it it is a scam. And the guy who invented the test said, you don't use it for this stuff. We had the MP from uh, Austria take a can of Coke and show people you get positive results on the PCR test right in front of them, of a can of Coke. We got the guy doing the fruit in another country. We, I mean, the false positives from Cambridge, all of this stuff. Why would healthy people be taking these tests in the first place is beyond me. That's one of the issues that I, real problems I have. So I wanted to address that. I wasn't ignoring you, uh, Wes. I, I just didn't see it, okay? Um, but I do want to get to, I, I do want to make this point here because I think this is, uh, this falls within that division that's coming, Ammon. And I I, I'm, I want to ask people, look, whether you agree with me or disagree, and a lot of people don't like me um, because I'll I'll point this out. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is some people get in this, this, uh, drama, this WWE match between Republicans and Democrats and, uh, right, left and all this stuff. And now it's the Democrats are bad. The Democrats are bad. The Democrats are bad. Now we've had this stuff from General Flynn. Okay. Who Donald Trump pardoned, even though he pled guilty. I mean, he admitted guilt. Whether you agree that he did anything wrong or not, he admitted guilt. And Donald Trump gives him a pardon. Now, a lot of people don't know. Well, wait a minute. Before I drop the the punchline here, this is a guy who just a couple of weeks ago said, we need to have a limited martial law, which is an oxymoron, because as soon as the government (laughs) brings martial law, it's not limited. They're not limiting the squat. And it's unconstitutional. And he's called for it. The The guy who was leading up Tea Party Patriots, there's that word again, uh, got behind it and said, oh, yeah, we have to have this to have an election, blah, 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 blah. And by the way, folks, notice nobody's been arrested despite the overwhelming evidence that there was election fraud, and it's been going on for years. And yet, most people don't know that General Flynn is a registered Democrat. 
But they'll but the but the people fussing about Democrats will get behind him. This is the kind of confusion to me, instead of keeping our eyes on the law and saying, wait a minute, there's no authority to be doing this, there's no authority to be doing that, and pointing back to the law, the Constitution, or even beyond that, because I believe where the Constitution's flawed, and even our founders acknowledge the fact that, you know, if we need to make changes, we have amend we have an amendment process. It needs to conform to the law of God for the protection of the people and their rights. Um, but this is this is the kind of thing they get in, Ammon, and it, it follows this cult of personality. Are you seeing the same thing as well? Yes, absolutely. I've I've experienced it, uh, you know, on a high level, probably much like you have. Um, it's a it's actually, I believe, a divide and conquer. Uh, type of action and interesting enough I did learn a lot of things in in prison I didn't enjoy it at all but one of the things that they will do is they make sure that everybody is divided mostly by race you know they you have your black car you have your you know white car your Hispanic car your Native American car and they make sure that everybody is divided I'm talking about the actual prison and the guards uh, and oh, that wow. way, if everybody is divided, they will never unite because literally they'll they'll have one man guarding a hundred people, and at any time we wanted, we, if we united, we could stand up and go out of the prison. But as long as we're divided against each other, the black man against the white man, the white man against the Native American, the black man against the Hispanic person, as long as we're divided. They don't have any worry that then they can have one man guard and hundred, hundred, hundred men. Isn't that interesting? I can think of a, a story that I used to love as a kid, and it was Doctor Seuss. Have you seen the um, the Sneeches? Have you ever seen the Sneeches, Ammon? Um. Well, I I don't <laughs> think I have. Okay. I'm, I'm, well, I would the love to hear the story. Well, the Sneeches is a little thing you can probably go online and pull up the, the little cartoon. And the whole idea was there were these things called Sneeches. I don't know what the, there's. I guess there's supposed to be some kind of bird. It's been years since I've seen it. But basically you had Sneeches that were these yellow birds or whatever they were. And then beside them were Sneeches that had stars on their bellies. Okay. So then you got the cat in a hat guy or some guy that looks like the cat in a hat, he comes along with this machine that, and, and they're ostracizing each other. If you don't have a star, we're not hanging out with you. And the, the guys without the stars wanted to hang out with everybody else. And so the only way they could do it was if they had a star on their belly. So the guy pulls through, he's got this machine. And if you go in this machine, you pay your money, then you get a star on your belly. Now you're accepted by the star sneeches, right? So the, some of the star, star sneeches are sort of snobbish, and they're like, oh, well, we can't believe this. This is not right. This is not fair. So the guy pulls through for them, and he's got a marketing scheme for them, and he's like, well, you can get two stars on your belly. So he puts them through the machine. They get two stars. Now the one-star sneeches are, are out, and then they're just constantly running through. This guy's making all the money. He's taking all their money, and they're fighting over who's got a star or doesn't have a star or two stars or whatever the case may be. And finally, they're just a big mix. <laughs> they don't have any more money. The guy drives off. And I think it's a great example of what you just said. The people fixate on their differences, which God has given them, their creator gave them, 
um, to make them distinct and unique. And they're focusing on that as something to be divided over instead of ignoring that and saying, you know what? We're all made in the image of God. And the real problem is not with our, our differences in that's external of what we look like, but as, as you were pointing back to the Declaration of Independence, that we are all given these rights among men by our Creator. And I just say it as a simple form of a kid's story that it should be really clear that when we deal with these kinds of things, we're not dealing with skin color. We really aren't. I know some people want to make it about that. We're not dealing with our ethnicity of where or, or, or culture where somebody comes from. We're supposed to have one, we're supposed to have a culture, an American culture. It's supposed to be distinct. It's not supposed to be Islamic. It's not supposed to be communistic. It's not supposed to be uh, Marxist in any way. It's supposed to be distinctively American, which I make no apologies about. I think is supposed to be Christian. It's supposed to be based upon the Bible. I mean, our forefathers who come over and set the Mayflower Compact were clear about that. They wanted, and they wrote their state laws and, and everything else was based upon Scripture. And they were pointing back to the law of God and saying, this is why we have this law, and here's what the punishment is for it as a result of that. And yet we've gotten so far away from what we should be united around, and we're nitpicking every little thing, and it's dividing us, and as you said, they're conquering us as a result of that. Yeah. Well, and we're, we're about to come into the greatest divide that has ever happened in, in the history of our country and maybe even the history of the world. And, and it's, it, it's happening right in front of us. I mean, they're trying to divide us by those say who will wear a mask and those who won't, for example. Um, uh, they're going to divide us by those who have received the vaccine and those who won't take it or haven't. Um, they're going to divide us to the point where they are not going to even allow us to, you know, go travel, uh, to uh, purchase certain things, uh, to go certain places without basically forcing us to comply to them. And if we don't, they will divide us. And, it, you know, we are, we're going to look back at, you know, 1930, a 1930s uh, Jewish person and how they were treated and look at basically that the same thing is even worse is going to happen to us. We're going to look back at a 1950s black uh, man or woman, and it is going to pale in comparison to what they're going to try to do to us in our day. And the thing that we have to understand as a people is that we are all created equal, that we should have a choice to be able to control and to decide each individually what we will do with our lives, what we will do with our bodies, what we will do with our, the, the, you know, our labor, our time, what we will do with the fruits of our labor, uh, how we will trade with each other, how we will worship. We should respect and understand that. And if we don't, then we will allow these wicked people to divide us among those lines and destroy us. Uh, and that is what is what is the plan, as you know, and that is what they're going to try to accomplish. And unless we unite 
and understand the correct principles of all man being created by God equally and having that free agency to choose and to be agents unto ourselves and respecting that among each other, we will be divided to the point where this will not be a nation uh, at all. And we will just be uh, tools for wicked people to accomplish what they want. Amen. Amen. I, I totally agree. Uh, so people understand, why don't you tell people real quickly again what you're, and, and if you'll hang on after we close out the show for about 10 seconds, let me end the stream and then, then you and I'll get off the, the line here. Uh, okay. Tell people your the website again and also uh, what they need to text to be a part of, you know, this this uniting, coming together, loving one another and standing up for one another. So if you get your phone and you put in the number, uh, uh, 80123 you put in the number 80123 so it'd be like the phone number and then in the text box you put rights and that's plural rights and then you send that it'll respond back to you saying you know welcome to people's rights and here's a basically a form to fill out and we ask only minimal information you have to identify the area you live in name And of course, it captures your phone number and email if you choose. And then you become part of the People's Rights Network. If you don't want to do it that way, you can go to peoplesrights.org and you could join that way. So text rights to 80123, 80123 rights, or go to peoplesrights.org. All right, Am and Bunny, we appreciate you very much. Thank you for taking time for us this morning. And uh, guys, you're looking for something to do. You're always asking in the chat, what do we do? What do we? This is something you can do. I mean, this is something you can do at the local level. Quit looking to D.C. for the answers. They're never going give, to give you any. Their answers are always to put more chains on you. The answers are you. You're the solution. I've said it over and over and over. You're the solution. You're the law enforcers, as Captain Carl said uh, earlier, Article 1, clause, uh, Section 8, Clause 15. You're the answer, and we are the solution to the problems that we have allowed to fester. We've allowed them, and so the issue for us is to repent, and part of that repentance is bringing fruit of repentance, and this is a part of the way that we can show love for one another. So guys, do that. Don't forget, peoplesrights.org. I'll have it linked in the archive of the show at sonsoflibertymedia.com later this morning, and also text the word RIGHTS to 80123. Again, Ammon, thank you for uh, your time this morning. Hope to have you back, man, uh, that you can uh, jump in and and uh, let us know what's going on. Uh, 22 and a half hours, we'll be back with you. Don't know what I'm going to talk about just yet. Uh, usually that's the way it is, night before or the next day, depends on what's going on. But uh, there's always something that we can address and, and a fight that we've got to engage in because now is the time not to be complacent, and it's not the place to sit on our laurels. It's the place where we have to fight for our freedom and for the freedom of our posterity. You guys have a great day. We'll talk to you at 6 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow, Lord willing. See ya.